You're listening to Futurish. Hello and welcome, my friends, to another episode of Futurish. <laughs> this is episode number 19. I don't know why it sounded like a documentary right then, like, but <laughs> it did. Um, my name is Peter, and I'm here joined, as always, with my lovely colleague, uh, Gerhard. How are you, Gerhard? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm doing very fine. I'm here in Helsinki. Today, it's very sunny. And I think the reason why we get more and more tense, because we get more and more listeners, so the pressure is... Your mistakes are high, man. It, it is. It is extremely. We had a record-breaking um, last episode um, in the millions, actually. Millions. I, I, I don't, yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to like gloat or anything like that. But it's you know what. What are we supposed to say that? Yeah, we're just we're like mere peasants at the moment. You know, exactly it's just not who we are. I mean, like think about it. Like we started this podcast off just so we can talk to each other once a month or a weekly. Yes. And now there are more and more people listening to us, so the pressure is high, but then on the other hand, not really. But maybe just, you know, in a nutshell, why are we doing this, Pete? We are doing this to express our knowledge, um, the vast knowledge that we contain. <laughs> no, we're doing this because we want to keep in touch. That's really the, the goal. So yeah. I'm based in um, Melbourne in Australia, and you're based in Helsinki in Finland. And um, to keep the bromance alive... Uh, we thought, well, what better way than to do a podcast? And you know, like what was once a week is now once a month. And this, um, it's turning, so. it's it's going really well. This once a month. Well, work. I mean, we did miss last, but yeah, but it, there, there was a good reason. There was a good reason. What was the reason? Well, you know, I was in the in the, the this coding boot camp, so it was. Oh, and literally if you want to know more about it, you should listen to episode eighteen. Yes, episode, right? it was a great episode. Yeah. Um, it was a fantastic episode, yeah. as did millions of others agree, you know, so. <laughs> so, Peter, so, what, so what, do we, what do we have today? What do you well, have today? Before we ever go into the stories, okay, I want to yes. know what you're drinking. I'm, I'm, well, I'm having, I'm very lame. So, yes, yeah, I told Petey, <laughs> we watched yesterday with my girlfriend uh, the new, newest Tarantino movie, and we went to the yeah. cinema, we, it's a really nice cinema, we have like this really big couch, and you can order food and have a bottle of wine. Yeah, we finished a bottle of wine and I didn't, I didn't realize how that actually was more drunk than I actually realized. Yeah. And today yeah. I woke up with quite a headache. So <laughs> that's welcome, why I'm... Welcome to old age. Oh, but also in, in, my, in my, you know, defense, it's here 11 a.m. And while Pete is drinking something very cool, which is, that you is know, true. it's Sunday evening in Melbourne. So what are you drinking, Pete? Go on, let's just say well, it. Well, okay, generally I don't drink beer. Um, I'm not a big fan of beer as much anymore. Um, however, I found out that there's this amazing, amazing beer called Mornington Pale. Um, it's like a, it's based in Mornington's a little um, coastal town um, just uh, south of Melbourne Ooh. On, on the peninsula. So um, basically they make their, uh, they brew their own beer in the town there um, and they make a, quite a few selection of it, and this one's a, a pale ale of theirs, and it's really good because like most beers have this really bitter taste towards the end. This mm -hmm. is like super, super smooth, super smooth, nice. and um, it's like I literally asked, "What's the most fruitiest and <laughs> less bitter beer that you can have?" And that was it. Oh, so, you're too cute, please. And it's still a craft beer, so it's still cool, you know. Um, but do you do you prefer beer craft beer, beer over lager or pils? Um, well, we don't really have pills here. Um, okay. Pilsner. So, like, um, I prefer Pilsner, like, generally. Uh, mm -hmm. at, but, yeah, lagers, I don't know, it just depends. Like, a, they're heavier beers, but and some, they make some good ones. Um, yeah. But I honestly feel, felt like the beers um, in Germany, uh, when I had them, were nicer. And, like, when we were, in, you know, in Finland and Helsinki, they're nice. Um, yeah. You know, those, I can't remember the, the ones that we had, but they were, like, yeah, they were really good. Um, and we drank a lot of them, so I can't remember what they taste like either. So <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no, they're much better, I think, to be honest. Um, however, this one is really good. I really like it. Uh, and yeah, so most of the craft beers try to be a little bit different here. So speaking of drinking in Finland, this just came to my mind mm. because we also, I remember when you came to Finland, we bought mm -hmm. some really good whiskey 
Mm. And, um, you know, like, it's like, I've been now bombarded, not bombarded, but on Instagram with this advertisement about this new whiskey company where you can pay a monthly subscription fee and you get every month mm. a new whiskey. I wish I, I had it on my phone because it, it, it's, it looked really cool, but I always had to think about you. It's like, it would yeah, be something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you would be into this because you, you pay, I think, a monthly price and you get a <clears throat> new whiskey, collect, something from your collection. Every, every month Is a new whiskey. Is it just one whiskey bottle? I don't know exactly. I think so. Or maybe it's more or even three. Yeah, it could I think be three. usually they're, they're like a, there's this, um, there's a couple ones that um, have started up in Australia as well where they, they have like, I think it's five or so um, it's, different, you know, be, uh, like whiskeys and you try it. Yeah. And it's like a, a, a dram, is it? like a Dram team? Dram team? Is what? that one of them? Like, no, no. The, well, a dram is a little, like a shot or like, I don't know how, um, how much is in a dram. Um, but it's, I'm just, there's one company called the Dram Team. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, it's the sense. it's a W Club. I think that's what was it. This one. Mm. Um, yeah, but anyway, so pretty cool. I didn't know that this is a thing. But I thought, right. yeah, yeah, you would like that. So basically, a dram is a wee bit when you're talking Scot uh, about Scotch. <laughs> Oh, oh <laughs> wee okay. Bit. I don't know how much. Then you're gonna Google how much is a wee bit, and um, but basically it's like they they a dram. Okay, there you go. For volume, it's one eighth of an ounce, and I don't know what the how much is an ounce, but you know it's an it's um, one point two five imperial fluid ounces. All right. Uh, and ba and so usually there's a couple of drams or something like that. Um, so enough to give you a taste of all of them. And there's like five of them. So you would say that if you would probably equip, add it all up, it's probably like, you know, half a bottle or a quarter of a, uh, three quarters, uh, no, just under a quarter of a bottle, uh, over a quarter of a bottle, sorry. Yeah. Um, which, if you think about the price, it's like about 30 bucks or something a month, Australian, um, which is what, 20 euros or something like that. Um, so it's not that much, but, and you try, the whole idea is that you try different ones. So I, I like the idea, but I just don't, um, yeah, I don't know yet. Yeah. I think, I think the, the problem is though with this, I, I like the idea, but I think it's just, it would be too much for me. Like every month, mm. two to three bottle, bottles of whiskey. Like we just, that, they're not bottles. They're not no, bottles. no, no, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, like the service, I, the advertisement I saw, like they always got like bottles. <laughs> oh. But I'm sure, I'm not sure if it was monthly or like maybe every two months, because like every, every month, Two to three bottles, or even one bottle is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't drink sure. that much. You know. <laughs> it just depends on the prices. You but know, it's different because over there it's not cheaper to get everything, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe like it's actually much cheaper to get this because in like, Finland everything is so expensive to actually mm. invest in such a subscription based model somehow. Because I was thinking yeah, the yeah. other day, I was listening with, uh, I was listening to jazz and we were drinking red wine. And I was thinking jazz is this kind of music where Whiskey and red wine goes really well along to drink it. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, chill. It's, it's yeah. just chill. Okay, but now we have a, made a really big U-turn, rambly U-turn about <laughs> everything. Yeah, speaking of chill, what chill. type of stories do we have? <laughs> what chill stories do we have? <laughs> well, f what's... Um, I mean, do I go first or do you go you, first? You go first. I, I went okay, first last time. Okay, okay, fine. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit about the sort of recent acquisition of... Um, do you remember Tumblr? Yes. Yeah. Like, do you still think it's popular? I never, to be honest, I never really used it. I only... Mm. Literally, I, I knew it. I know, I knew that, you know, what it is, but I never used it. Um, yeah, yeah. Leah, Leah told me she used it when she was in school, so my girlfriend, and she used it. She made a, uh, she collected like pictures of swimming pools. <laughs> she got, what? Yes. Why? I don't know, man. <laughs> Does she and, like swimming pools? Or? I don't know, but she got like a lot of followers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Which that's honestly that was actually what made um, Tumblr popular is that um, yeah, like. Uh, uh, the younger audience created like communities like blogs and then yeah. they were all like um yeah it was, like, so how, it was how would you how would you describe things. tumblr then for someone who doesn't know what it is it's a okay so 
if you think about back in the days, I don't know like how far back you want to go, but blogs were really popular, right? And a blog was, you know, you would have WordPress, for example. And WordPress was a blogging platform and you could go there and you could, um, back in the day, you had to create and you know, sign up for, download the WordPress software and install it onto your system and do it all. It's very convoluted. Yeah. And then if you got it all working, then it's still a blog and a blog is like so like lengthy and you got to write a whole article and it's just a lot to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you look at, and then Twitter, came, that's why Twitter came up with, um, was the idea of like, okay, cool, you got a thought, how can we shorten it and make it s- simple? And back at the time, they did it based on uh, text messaging. So, you know, that's why it had, uh, st- was it 60 characters or less, you know? Like, it was 140 uh, first. Thing? Oh, was it 40 first? 140. Oh, no, so yeah, 140. Sorry, how, it was 140. You're right, yeah. So 140, and then that was the SMS cap. Um, yeah. And, and so they... Um, Basically, that's that's the whole reason that there was a 140 character limit because of SMS limitations, and so um, and it was all done through at the back, at that initial time when t- um, Twitter launched. It was all done through SMS. Now, there was a middle ground obviously missing. There was short messages and and, and long articles, and that's where Tumblr came in. And the whole idea where the, there was kind of like micro blogs, um, and like you know it was supposed to be quick. You could either share a link, a video, or an image. Um, there's different formats, or you could just have a text um, post. Um, s- something that Facebook does now. You know, so Facebook took that from Tumblr and simplified it, and you can, sh- you know, share an image, a link, whatever you want. You know, LinkedIn has the same thing, right? Um, even Reddit and all of them took that sort of simplification of messaging types and made a system out of it. But Tumblr was one of the first, and um, if not the first. So the whole idea was how can we make you to come up and share whatever you want, but we'll create your profile. We'll create mm-hmm. Your profile is your own community. It's a, your own blog and um, you can have followers. So there was a social community aspect of it, um, which WordPress didn't have and still doesn't have. Um, so people could follow your communities and, and like you know, they could go to the homepage of Tumblr and then all the posts and all the people that they follow, like you would expect on any other pl- on social platform now, um, you know, th- that's how Tumblr was. And so it kind of spi- skyrocketed and it got really popular. Um, so popular that in 2014, mm-hmm. it got purchased by Yahoo, out of all people, for three and $1.1 billion. Wow. In 2013, sorry. Yeah, I'm ordering the article right now you sent. Yeah. yeah. So... The news that we uh, we're talking about specifically is that WordPress owner, the automatic the guys who started WordPress and still run as a predominantly their main business, uh, WordPress uh, purchased Tumblr. Um, so I won't say for how much because that makes the story so good. So I'll just tell you about a little bit about the journey Tumblr's through, through right mm-hmm. first. And you can kind of see, uh, and then I'll tell you why it, it kind of happened this way. So um, Yahoo purchased Tumblr for $1.1 billion in 2013. Uh, in 2015 or 2016, I think it was, um, Verizon purchased Yahoo. Uh, so 2017, it purchased Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think it purchased Yahoo, the whole Yahoo company, for $3 billion or something like that. Oh, right? wow. Um, so, um, you know, that's all of Yahoo, uh, properties. So Yahoo Mail, Yahoo Search, actually Yahoo Search doesn't exist. It was all, it was Google Search nowadays. Um, and, um, basically, you know, all the Yahoo properties, um, was purchased. Um, and, and then, yeah, so uh, there you go. Sorry, $4.48 billion, um, Verizon purchased Yahoo on June 8th, 2017. Um, so then two years later, um, Verizon started trying to offload, um, Tumblr, Mm -hmm. um, and it got purchased. It got, it was two buyers. One was word, um, automatic for WordPress. The other one, would you be able to guess who? Mm, the other one a social network um, it, it, someone who wants to buy a social network 
Someone who wants to buy a social network. Yeah. Amazon? No, you would never guess. No, I don't know. Pornhub. Pornhub. But, hey, this makes sense. Wasn't this the, the news that, um, that they shut down the Tumblr porn sites? Correct, yes. Exactly, yes. yes. And that was... And so that kind of tied into it because guess how much WordPress bought um, Tumblr for? Well, now I I saw the headline. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, was it was it? No, but I'm not sure. It was three billion. No. No, no. No, no. no. Then three, it was in- less than three million dollars. Oh, oh yeah. Three less than three million. million. Oh wow. Okay. Which became basically so from the, an, a value acquisition of one point one billion in two thousand thirteen. Five or six years later, to be sold for not even nine nine point nine nine percent. That's insane. Three million dollars. What a what a what a horrible purchase from Yahoo, though. <laughs> like, I mean, back in that time, no, it wasn't. It was a very okay. smart acquisition. It was Tumblr was in its heyday back then. Wow. But unfortunately, unfortunately, Yahoo totally ruined it so i'll tell you why it had this drop right and this is kind of like paints the picture and you can see then why Pornhub was interested in it mm-hmm. and it does go into allude into what you're talking about so um yahoo when tumblr got pu- pushed onto yahoo uh, bought out by yahoo yahoo literally just kind of let it sit and then die off right so they didn't really do much all they did was started adding policies so they just kept adding policies and policies and policies and restricting a lot of what made tumblr tumblr um, so it just kind of just stagnated. It didn't grow. It didn't die off. It was just kind of there. Um, in the meantime, um, Tumblr actually became very popular for uh, teenagers, actually, surprisingly, and also um, porn, mm-hmm. porn communities. But not porn as you think it is, like artistic porn, like expressive, like, you know, like I know. Yeah, yeah. And arts and things like that. It was really good, you know. Um, and there was some, you know, like really cool open communities that were forming there and it's like you know really open and, and, and tumblr had this unique set there um but when verizon purchased it out again it, they let it stagnate so poor tumblr just bounced from team to team to team to company to company um not growing not changing not things but just getting adding more policies and restrictions and things like that up until last year when the porn um, porn got banned, basically on Tumblr, right? Uh, which just sent it plummeting in um, you know active users and. Um, but I heard that's about, like why. I remember because like this it was a very controversial move because I think that many people, especially who did this, I think I've seen like uh, the, you're right. It was very like more this artistic pornography mm. communities. Many people yep. I think actually made their living based on that. Right, producing this very not like this, you know, cheap porn up, you porn porn, but very artistic, very beautiful sometimes. Yeah. Like no, really, like and I think yeah, it was so controversial because many people actually they made a living based on out of that. Mm. And it's a shame because I you know, the the argument for them ban wasn't you know, it was Verizon that did it, right? So um they they blamed Apple and Google, right? So they said on the app store you're not allowed to have um you know, porn and, um, you know, all those sorts of things. And so they banned it totally um, from the side. And, you know, like if you want to, if you want porn back, have a com- complaint to Google and, um, you know, and Apple about getting it back, um, getting porn on the, on the app store. Right. All fair enough. Right. But then people started going, okay, well, what about Reddit? What about, um, Twitter? What about all those things? Which exactly. have porn on the platforms. You know, and have active, big active porn communities. Um, if you look at Reddit, um, Reddit is uh, disables porn by you know default, and the only way you have you can do it is by logging in and enabling um, you know like uh, like they're not safe for work sort of like exactly exactly. But but so did Tumblr. Tumblr did the exact same thing. So why is Reddit allowed and Tumblr isn't? And I don't think it was because of Apple and Google. I think it literally was a Verizon, um, oh wow, you know thing. So Verizon didn't want the image of um, these communities being associated with their brands. You know that's what I thought. You know what I think it is. And um, so obviously it became a big deal. You know you heard about it and so on. And so when they were shopping off Tumblr to be bought um, off at the start of this year, 
they had two main bid, um, bidders. Pornhub, obviously, smart. <laughs> like, it would, what a great idea, you know? Yeah. Um, and WordPress. So WordPress is interesting. Uh, we all know why Pornhub wanted to buy it. You know, they would enable porn back on the communities and it would be right. smart, smart for them to do. You know, they've, they've want to enable social communities and what better way to, you know, like to do that than buying the, you know, that the social community that was thriving when it had it porn in Tayday. Um, but then you look at WordPress and you think, okay, well, WordPress already has WordPress.com, right? Um, so what, what, why buy Tumblr? So, you know, one thing WordPress is missing, like I kept saying, is this social layer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they have no social layer. So buying Tumblr right now for its social layer aspect is a genius move, um, especially for $3 million. It's so but cheap. It's so, so cheap. But then on the, on the flip side, they're not just $3 million isn't the total cost. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the total cost if you didn't counter in the staff. They, they're keeping on 200 staff, which Whoa. is a very nice move of them. Um, they're saying they're not letting anyone go. It's going to operate entirely on its own uh, and totally separately. Um, and, and, you know, like there's many companies who say this. Like recently, um, Facebook branded Instagram by Facebook because mm-hmm. it, like, you know, bought Facebook, uh, Instagram one and said, hey, Instagram and WhatsApp are going to be totally separate. And now look what's happening. So, exactly. yeah, like we can't, we can't take, you've got to take that with a grain of salt. Um, but, you know, like 200 staff, you think that, you know, over the, over a year and year and year growth, like um, thing that's a lot of cash, and I can guarantee you what's going to happen. Give it a year, and they're going to lay some stuff off. Oh, for they're sure. Merge that for stuff sure. back in, and the social layer, and then it's just a tech. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So why not? You know, like have, um, give everyone like give Tumblr. What I would be doing is having on Tumblr, creating a network, allowing. Yeah. WordPress blogs to be accessible and, um, you know, through the tumblr.com as well. So every content can be there and it's, there's just, there's just, you know, like social layout. So there's just social. Wow. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's crazy because it's a, it's such a one, a good example of how much value, um, is really in acquisition nowadays. Mm -hmm. When a site gets, when a company gets acquired, what does that really mean? What is that value? What is, who comes up with that value? Mm-hmm. You know, like it is for all intents and purposes, literally just a fake figure. It's just a stock capital that's, absolutely. Valued, you know, like, and, and, and there's usually, it's never three, like say when it's acquired for $3 billion, it's never $3 billion in cash. I think it was like $350 million in cash and the rest in, in stock. Options. In stock, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so like, and what is stock, you know, like, you know, like who, who deems the valuation of that? And like you were saying, you know, we're talking offline about the recession and stuff like that. You can watch these valuations. Once a company's brand is down, watch that value drop, you know? Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's what we talked about. And I think that's, I mean, I think has been now for, I don't know, like for the last five to eight years, an ongoing topic about this over-evaluation of all kinds of startups that just don't produce any profit. But it's just, it's just about based on growth. I mean, Uber, for example, is best example. It's just in like super aggressive growth, but making every year huge loss, huge amount of loss. But they just invest. So I think it's just, it will crash. I think the next recession will maybe make a little reset again on uh, many of these evaluation value, valuations yeah yeah but but this also comes from, re- hmm? there was a recent one um, actually just like when was it a couple of about a month ago i think mm-hmm. have you heard of we work we work oh is it yeah let me google that, this so so we work is a uh, um office space a, co- a co-working space so right. they were the first, you know how you got these co-working spaces with startups. Can, yeah, 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 exactly. For a desk and stuff like that. So WeWork was the best, uh, was the first one. Not the best one. There's, there's, well, it's the best one. It's like just an office space. So literally they, um, I think in the past couple of weeks, they um, uh, did the, had their IPO. Um, and it was valued at $47 billion. 47. Right? 
Holy shit. But the documents revealed something. Guess how much they're losing? How much money? Oh man. So wait, so the valuation is 47 billion. Yeah. How much revenue but do they the make? Re the revenue um, is basically 1.8 billion. Revenue. Okay. But the, the losses is 1.9 billion. Holy shit. Right. So they, 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 they worked it out. They're losing $219,000 every hour of every day. Wow. Right. Would you bet on that company? <laughs> but I guess, you know, again, yeah, they, this is, they, this is crazy. I think this again, something geared towards acquisitions. So, so whoever acquires it gets immediate access to a lot of real estate or assets all around the world, yeah. you know? So let 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 well, those yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually not true. Okay. So those the buildings that WeWork owns, they don't own. They lease it. Okay. That's where the problem is. That's where the problem lies, and that's why a lot of this the money the losses are. So they're a leaser leasee sort of situation. Mm -hmm. You know, they they pay for a building, and say they pay ten thousand dollars a month for rent, right? Then they take that $10,000 and they literally just split it up per desk, right? And that's how they make their money. So they'll make 20000 whatever it is. But the problem is, it's a startup community. How many of those desks for those startups are going to be um, like stable? Exactly. That's, that's the thing. I think, you know, it's always yeah. it's such a dangerous bet to have startups as your target market because it's exactly. such a high fluctuation. And it's also like most of them are not very low on, on cash flow. Like <laughs> just it's just mm. insane. It doesn't work like that. So but you know they're obviously saying hey they want to use the money that from the IPO to buy the buildings. Right. So they don't have to worry about it. And so now they've also said that you know anyone who goes and signs on to become to lease an office space or to, or desk space or whatever it is it has now signed up for a 15 month lease. So they've locked you know so 15 months think about it. Yeah, which is a good thing. If you have a yeah. recession nowadays, they have 15 months of capital to, um, you know, to basically tie them over, you know? Yeah. Not a bad option. Wow. But still, like, I mean, it's insane, like the valuation of 40, what's 47 billion? 47 billion, yeah. I don't, it's insane. Wow. <sighs> I don't know. It, it's, it's such a... Um, yeah, it's <laughs> what could you say about this, like the tech industry nowadays? But that's a funny thing. It's not a tech company. They brand themselves as a tech company. It's now yeah, but I think it's, it's I think it's more like you know, like the recent just like a new edge to the whole uh, consumer-driven, growth-driven world we live in. Like yeah, it's right. insane. Like it's just uh, this endless growth. Um, you know, I think the quote I sent you, like, you know, where it's just only people who think that, you know, can have endless growth with limited resources is either an e economic yeah. or a maniac. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know? It doesn't work like that, you know? Yeah. Which ties us into your topic. Oh, by the way, like, well, but one question came to mind, just a bit random, mm -hmm. because you said, like, you know, Pornhub was interested in purchasing. Have you ever wondered yeah. how it is to work at Pornhub? What do you think? I think it'd be weird. One, you'd have to watch porn. Yeah, I was thinking. Like every day. Probably. Right. Well, I said on Reddit, like um, the community manager for Pornhub posts a lot and she, she does AMAs and stuff like that. You know, okay. Asking things. And um, yeah, a couple of the questions were like, what's it like, um, you know, watching porn every day? And she was like, what do you think it's like? It's You're watching porn every day at yeah. work. How good is that? You know? But is but it good? Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. Demoted, like, you know, I worked in the games industry, lost interest in games because, yeah. you know, um, worked in the movie industry, lost interest in movies. <laughs> like, it's what's the, you know, like, I think it's because if you have access so easily to all the things that you want, when we were, you know, working at Crytek, you could, we got free games delivered to us. We got all of it, you know, it was easy. You got to play games every day. Like, it didn't become cool when i worked at village like you know i could watch i got free movies you know i could watch whatever movies i wanted mm -hmm. it didn't become exactly you know it just lost it it made me very picky about the stuff i watched you know or or, or played or things like that and i feel like that's the same important you know 
I think so. I think it must be also a bit damaging to yourself. If you watch all so much porn, consume every day. Yeah, it's around porn yeah. because I mean, I do think I think there's a good side of porn, especially like if it's more yeah, in an artistic way. But also like I think there's a very bad side of porn as well, which is like overconsumption, over misint mis how do you say mispresentation of like how in roles also like how sex is and like how things it's, it's yeah, insane, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, especially, um, you know, because Pornhub has, like, um, social side of it where they can have anyone uploading. Exactly. Doing, right? Um, so I can imagine, like, you know, the community moderators and things like that who have to see the content and, and just the type of stuff that they would see. Like, yeah, there was this recent article um, about uh, a recent inst- look into how uh, the moderators on Facebook... Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. I read the two. Yeah, see that one? Like, and the shit that they have to see. And, like, they this one guy was saying that, you know, he literally sees the most horrendous videos on a day-to-day basis and there's no like support there's no help there. yeah it's... there's no help that they, they have like long-term damaging um you know things on you know like you know which is yeah, insane just... the thing about facebook like a billion 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 dollar company and can't even provide support for those kind of people who filter right. moderate content like that like what kind of yeah. company is that? It's like fucking insane. Why don't you have or like where's the AI? Where's the like hey, once it's been flagged once, you know, um, or just kinda assume like it's been flagged and and just kinda I guess you always have to have some sort of human touch right now and exactly what human what human would ever want to see like this uh, some of the shit that he was describing about like uh, animals getting like hurts oh, and things yeah. like that that's just i could never i could never ever ever wish no, i'm just shivering just that. hearing like yeah. just seeing that it's like ah oh. and you know and, and they were like underpaid and overworked and um their office spaces were like just very like dingy and um you know and facebook um and the managers at the um the company that was outsourced to do this is just uh, you know, never checked it up and they didn't care wow. because it was that low cost and, you know, like high yield sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, a cheap way for them to, to do it. And it was an American company. It wasn't, you know, like a third world company, like, you know, exactly. It's um, Facebook, which doesn't, man. yeah, yeah, exactly. Which doesn't mean that it make it any less like thing. Like it's still, no matter what, where you are, where, what you do, like you should not, this is, that's the, that's one side of the internet that should not be on the internet. Like, I'm sorry. There's no, there's no, there's no positive out of that. Exactly. And it's like, I think maybe it's a good, um, you know, how do you say? <laughs> Transition to Segway. Yeah, Segway. Segway. So because I, I recently, I finished a book, um, Let My People Go Surfing. It's by the founder of Patagonia. Mm. Yvonne. Chouinard, Chouinard. I don't know how to, I know how to pronounce his surname. Chouinard. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Chouinard. Chouinard. Even Chouinard. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool. like. First of all, I highly recommend everyone if you're interested in in how to say, if you're interested in our planet, in our survival of our species, but also like in how to actually run a company, not the Facebook or Coca Cola way or Nike way read it mm. it's 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 beautiful the first the first so you want to give a little bit about um what who patagonia is and then yeah patagonia so so for who for those who don't know patagonia started off as actually they were passionate climbers and they really made climbing gear that doesn't destroy the in the mountains actually because the climbers they were they were uh often that they were climbing and they saw like you know like i don't know how to call it this the things they were hammering into the into the stone walls to kind of like put their climbing stuff <laughs> sorry i'm missing the, the climbing vocabulary <laughs> but um so they they noticed like you know there needs to be a better way how can we actually climb a mountain without leaving any traces mm. and that was their first okay, initial so. motivation because you know like uh compared to the european mindset where you have to conquer a mountain and you kind of like that's why you know like you there were actually approached their way like how can we 
climb a mountain, but you know, don't leave any trace behind. Mm, like and it was beautiful. And so they started out like that. So Patagonia started out like as this climbing, very, very niche focused uh, climbing equipment uh, company. But now they expanded to outdoor gear, still very much about um, surfing, I think kayaking, climbing, and very much, you know, like outdoor sports, but very, very niche still. Yeah. They, they don't have much, like in each category, they only have like a handful of actually um, offers. It's very cool. Which which doesn't like negate the fact that, you know, Yvonne Chouinard or whatever Chouinard is worth $1.5 billion. Like yeah. he's one of the founders, right? So exactly. it's, it's a very profitable, very profitable, successful company. company. Have been existing for a very long time. And uh, yeah. wow. so the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing about the book is the first, uh, I think one third or a bit more than one third is about his biography. But the other What's half, quote, uh, let my people go surfing. And oh, why the title? It's actually a policy of the company. And what it means is, you know, if there's good weather or like there's a good uh, tide, you know, like current, then people should just go surfing. They don't have to be the office. You know, like it's a surfer, for example, what he says, a surfer doesn't, plan on you know when to go like you know i need to go surfing at monday 2 a.m he goes when the the tide is good when the waves are good mm. and uh, they have actually a policy called let my let my people go surfing that means you can go climbing you can surfing you can do whatever but as long as you get your work done that's totally cool but give the people the freedom and agency actually to decide on their own when to work like and um so the other the other two thirds of the book is about talking about patagonia's mission in this world the philosophies, product development, product design, business, marketing, environmental philosophies. Because they also like were in the trap of anything end of 80s, beginning of 90s of this growth mindset. And suddenly they, you know, like there was something, something just didn't feel right. They made decisions that the quality got less uh, decreased. I mean, um, they made decisions that they, they got a bit lost in their, you know, why they're doing this, this business. And so they decided to not do it. And they, what do you say? Like their, their goal is to be a company that lasts for another hundred years and will leave, leave this world in a better place than when they started. And that's the mission. Right. And it's insane. They, they mm. for example, they contribute 1% of their sales every year to small NGOs, not big ones, small, uh, cruise, what's it called? Um, uh, res? No, wait. What's the name of very small? Cruise? No. Grassroot. Is it correct? Oh, Grassroot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Grassroot, yeah, yeah. Grassroot yeah. in organizations. Grassroot NGOs. NGOs, yeah. Which yeah. Basically, an explanation of what that is, it, they're generally companies who have no marketing capital. Exactly. Or anything. So they, they typically use grassroot campaigns, which means, you know, typically free um, or like volunteer based. And mm -hmm. so um, they don't have the growth uh, or the, the sort of outreach that big companies can do. Yeah. But they, they don't care about that. They're talking, they, they want to do this slow growth grassroots sort of like um, that they work their way up. So it's about mm -hmm. like, you know. I'm sure that the one who might be able to tackle big problems, exactly. but um, you know, they're just their means and capacities is beyond them at that point in time. And I think that's what's inspiring about these companies. They really what they do is like they decide instead of growth, they take in consideration like if we have a year of loss this year, totally fine, mm -hmm. as long as we make the right decisions. Because they always critically they, in the book he even says like we are sure we're not even like far away from hundred percent being, for example, sustainable. But we constantly try to do our best. We, you know, we talk to our suppliers, to our producers. We look, look into the team. We interview all of them. We see which uh, fabrics we are using. They, they check the whole supply chain constantly, super critically. Also, like question themselves: Are we doing the right thing? And sometimes those decisions they will lead to a loss, maybe there and there. Mm. But they accept it. They say, like, you know, we better get a loss like this that. year than having like a growth, like you know, I don't know, like artificially. How to say manipulate your accounting books so you have quarterly profits for your sh shareholders. That's why they yeah, don't yeah, want to go exactly. IPOs. They, they didn't want to go in the stock market because it, it's insane. They want to be yeah. The their mission was to really help through business. You know, have a really good impact on this world. Which I think is a fantastic way because that's honestly one of the. I mean, it's a risky way. Obviously, it's risky yeah. because like you know you can you can have imp negative impacts and you can you know then have the following year and that and never gets back onto you know like to what it was of course however i feel like if you have a mission goal 
that goal should, as long as you have concrete goals, mm-hmm. uh, then you have something to work towards, then you have something to measure, right? And so Google actually surprisingly have, have like a really good thing. They've got OKRs, objectives and key results. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you give, you give the teams an objective and you set key results that they should measure the, themselves to meet that objective and that's it. Let them do anything else, whatever. If they want, you know, if they fail, they do all that sort of stuff, that's okay. As long as they're trying and they're getting some learnings out of it, then that's all that matters because the, 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 the sort of like uh, seeking profit is never a good thing about seeking growth, you know. With growth comes profit, sure, but profit shouldn't be the goalpost that you set. It should be what the objective that you set, you know. So as long as you, you're, it depends on the company, right? But then the thing is, like, it should be aligned. But it is a problem. I think not many, many companies nowadays they have the check yeah. objective of growth, not of profit uh, sustainability. You know, like yeah, exactly. that's that's and the insane thing. This endless yeah, growth I think, mindset. Uh, I know that you don't like him, but whatever. Elon Musk, like <laughs> Elon Musk, does not care about growth and money. He does not. He wouldn't be doing the things that he's doing now, where he's putting all his capital into new ideas and stuff like that. If he he did, you know, he's a very impatient guy. You can tell. He he jumps from idea to idea without even uh, you know like thinking about him. And he also doesn't um, you know like he devalues, you know, like success in some ways, you know, um, because he's always moving to a new idea. So they're all the negative things. Now the positive, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to down trash him the and thing, build him up. But he at least tries to... Yeah, but the thing the is, yeah, what you, like, you know, like that's what I think the, the book's so good is about. It's like to be even more critical. Like you think about Elon Musk as someone who's like really tries to move towards the green movement. But if you think about the batteries the cars are being produced, they're super harmful for the environment. Super harmful. The, all the... All the uh, yeah. And then also like, the, thing, the next thing is the problem with the electric cars is like, where does the energy come from? He doesn't question it. Where where does the kind of energy you know, come from? But this this is what I mean. Like this is what Patagonia it, says. Work, you work towards it, right? Like you work towards a, a, a model that that has high sustainability. Now, if you look at the you know like solar, you know, screw Elon Musk. I was going to say fuck Elon Musk, but never, <laughs> whatever. You know, like you know, let's discard Elon Musk for a bit. Let's look at um, you know um, electric cars, right? Now. Battery usage on the on the uh, on the world um, damage in the world compared to fuel and like um, you know like and, and gas and things like that, right? Which one's more toxic to the world? You know, like it's definitely the you know like the yeah no I, gas of course, but this like is that, right? this is just one layer, Pete. But exactly, exactly, you work towards it. So you know, you look at batteries and you go, okay, cool. Once now, how can we? get rid of the batteries because we've already got vehicles that don't run on fuel. They just run on anything like energy usage. And you go, okay, cool. How can we turn that into solar? You know, solar is the, the solar energy is the biggest, you know, energy resource that we're not even scraping the surface of. How can we get to that? So, you know, you build towards it and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a, that's why he bought solar city, right? You know, he bought, he bought a company that, you know, predominantly build some um, solar panels and things like that to then how to integrate that that technology into Tesla. You know, so there's a, there's a, he's working towards like he's building company, he's buying companies and building companies, vice versa, whatever, um, that all have an overall goal. And you know, like I think com- like those sorts of visionaries are, are good for the world because that's how you shape, you know, move towards it. Because otherwise, it's slow growth. And but that's what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't agree with visionaries anymore. Because um, visionaries have, like, the, you know, like we find it like so heroic or like so beautiful, like this big guy who's a big vision, instead of having just mm. small iterative innovations and being quiet. The problem is with with Elon Musk. What I see, like, it's the first layer. Of course, you compare gas against electric, electric cars. But what I think yeah. about Patagonia, what he's, what they're pushing is, you have to be even more critical. What's the next step of electronic cars? You know, how do you look at the lithium? production mines and it's insane like what what damages does to the world still and still yeah. it's a startup so it means it needs endless growth it's in the stock market so they have to produce more and more growth so that's why i don't agree with elon musk being a startup or like i don't, don't see anything noble about him because in the end he chose a very growth market mindset and this is just not sustainable by this planet 
instead of maybe investing into electric cars, we should the states should actually more invest into better infrastructure for bicycling, public transport, and so forth. Not more cars. Which yeah, but I mean, I, no, I get, I agree. You know, I hundred percent agree in that. I, I think you know, but if you look at you know, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing the case of cars, but cars are multiple machinery movers, right? So if you look at cars now, and bicycles can only carry one person, sometimes maybe two, right? Um, whereas cars can carry four. And the whole problem with cars now isn't the fact that it, they're on the road, it's the fact that they generally are only one quarter of their capacity, right? Most people don't take passengers or mm-hmm. passengers, you know? Um, and and that's the problem you know there's one car per person which is a wrong model but you, you then you take into electric cars and you go okay cool how can we automate that further and start utilizing the system that's already built so tesla builds a system and you know and other like uber or whatever build automated driverless um in their cars how can we use that model and further enhance it it's a like you said it's layers and so then how can we go okay we need to build shuttles or we need to go, instead of have people buying new cars, how can we get those cars that are laying dormant 90% of the day in, in use and, and allow them to be picking up, um, you know, like passengers and, and things like that? How can we lower the price of taxis and, and, and those sorts of things to make them more feasible for people to take rather than own a car, right? It's the, it's the thing, it's, you know, then it uncovers more problems. It's like a la- an onion, you know? The more you get, you know, like the more layers you have to uncover. It's a slow process. The problem is that if you build just the, the networks for bicycles to do that, what happens when the bicycles, um, you know, the, that those um, you know, lanes and things like that are, um, are flat out? And we have other problems. You know, we have um, what's happening in San Francisco where people are just dumping, you know, like those um, segways and things like that on the side of the road or, you know, those sorts of stuff. And then you got litter and trash. I mean, of course, but in San Francisco, like in the States, you have very poor infrastructure for bicycles or yeah. even like anything. It's just insane. But what I'm saying is like, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, why does Elon Musk need to have a growth company for sustainability? Because in the end, he has to answer to his shareholders and they want to see growth, yeah. at least growth. And um, so please, I would like to see how Elon Musk will explain to shareholders we need, we can't grow this year or the next five years because we need to shift to a more environmentally friendly mm-hmm. Car battery production not going to happen. Which I think he he wanted to do right. He wanted to buy his company out, which caused yeah. But he's because I think he just out. went a bit crazy. Like the, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I respect Elon Musk, but I think he's also like a bit trapped in his ego right now. Like it's like this big oh, guy. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um. So no one's ever perfect. Though, I don't I, because I think he had initial, why, his intentions why, are there. Like, the thing yeah. is like why why I'm a bit critical with all the people these loud people. I would like to look at the people who are silent. Like think about Ivan Shoinar. Like mm. we've never heard about him, but they do yeah, the right sure. thing. They do yeah. the right thing constantly. They do. They've done more than Elon Musk ever will do in his life. They do constantly fight. Mm for many environmental cases. They've done so many, pol- like it's insane what they're doing like as a company and no one writes about them, but we write about this cool which, visionary yeah, Elon Musk, I agree. which is yeah. like, why? This guy hasn't done anything which, yet. You know, I think the movement to do better is probably, you know, the, the mass, well, obviously the only way for big change to happen is either you have big com- like people like Elon who are buying it and, and get to that point quick. Or you have these visionaries like you know, Yvonne, Jeanard, whatever. Like he was still. But he—he's not even a visionary. No, like that's the thing. That's a cool. Of course, he's, I, I, he's he's got a vision, but he doesn't call it. Right? I think what when you read it, he's very what, the, what I love about him. The company is very moment to moment. Like he also like he's based his philosophy on Zen. It's very about we have philosophies, we have guidelines that guide us mm. from moment to moment. We don't have a big vision. We don't have how we want to mold the world. Like Elon Musk has his vision, and he thinks this is how it should be. Like, you know, like, yeah, there's yeah. something like Elon Musk, like he wants this quick and, you know, fast and stuff, but he doesn't yeah, really think about, you know, uh, I, all works and, say, yeah. say, like Elon Musk and the same category with Steve Jobs, big egos right now who think like they are entitled to change the world. Whereas many other small grassroots people actually doing every day, a lot of stuff and Which not being I talked guess about. Is the whole, the difference between the slow and steady wins the race approach, right? Exactly. So like, you know, like, um, if, and that's where I was going, like if the biggest change is what people are going to do, if you have a majority of people like, you know, even us, right, mm-hmm. we all work and do something small every day, 
and then you make big change and that's the only way to kind of thing and so you know there's like i started nowadays like buying i'm um, taking a takeaway cup you know yeah. little, um, coffee yeah. thing and just doing little things with that and just making that you know it's probably only i don't know if it makes a dent in the world but at least if i'm scratching the surface that's that's a but it's, it's right? fancy because and it, yeah i think what what they also said like you know the moment re- you realize that you're part of the problem means that you're also part of the solution and that's yeah, that, need, that yeah, needs exactly. a lot of you know like self-realization just accepting yes i'm part of the problem so how can i be part of the solution mm. and that's yeah yeah and i think that's what i think um it's a, it's that's why inspiring because Similar to, for example, Basecamp on Patagonia is like a beautiful and refreshing alternative to slow growth and organic, healthy growth. Instead of all this yeah. startup insanity growth, fast, you know, scaling, endless shit. Sorry, so I have a ramp. Consumer, yeah, that consumerist sort of like, all we want is your money. We don't care about anything. Exactly. Sort of, yeah, I just... That I feel like that model is going to change, and you know I don't know. I mean, I hope it changes. It's been around for such a long time, um, you know. But like, like, yeah, I just think is yeah. I, I'm I'm over it as well. I'm over it. Definitely. Just like, um, how can you know? Like I think we we talked about this last you know last week, uh, last week, last episode. Um, how can we, you know, be happy with? what we have mm-hmm. and just you know do those sorts of things and i think that's the approach that people need to take and then work towards um you know take the ideas of these big companies they're they're, they're doing something right to get to where they are but you know, skew that model to to do something good exactly all right man i think we should uh, wrap up our uh, this episode what do you think yeah yeah good. i agree it was good it was really nice that went that went quick yeah it took a long time but it went it, it was some really good topics and you know, so i heard you have, to, you have to pick up chicken always, <laughs> i do have to go get some fried chicken <laughs> like um we're having korean fried chicken oh. it's so good mm. it's so delicious um so yeah we're going to go head up uh, head off now and um go get some chicken and oh, then delicious. watch an episode of survivor <laughs> wonderful man <laughs> Oh, no, it's going to be great. Um, but thank you as thank always, you. for joining. Um, and thank you to uh, to the millions of listeners that are, that are listening now. Thanks to the million more that we got in the last episode. Um, <laughs> we really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time and listening. And I hope you get something valuable out of this. Exactly. Where can people find you, Gerd? Well, as I said, as always, don't follow me on any social media platforms. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> if you want, you can write us an email. What's again? Hello at hello at futurish hello at futurishpodcast.com. Exactly. Um, yeah, if you like it, just give it a share or like you know rate us. Um, if not, don't do anything. Also fine. Yeah, yeah that's just, cool. But you know what we do love is following us on whatever platform that you listen to us. Click oh, the yeah. follow button so you exactly. can get the episodes in your inbox or whatever it's called in that platform. Um, or just tell your friends, you know. Like, exactly. If you've got anyone who's interested in, in um, anything, because we talk about everything, so just 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 convince your mom and your dad, convince your brother, convince your sister. Or if, you've, you know, if, you, if you're just bored at work and you just want to listen to two guys rambling, that's fine, man. That's, that's we're happy. Fine, if, you, if we can succeed in that, you know, provide value and just killing your time, success. We're, we're not killing your time. We're, we're informing your future. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Hey, then. Um, okay. All the best and have a wonderful day or night, whatever you, whenever you're listening right now. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Until Bye. next time. Bye. Oh, mm-hmm.